How to give a presentation to the Imperial Court while accidentally committing light treason by making a friend. From Civil Wars, Whistleblower Tactics, Schematic Drafting, and the Finer Points of Sith Adoption, the Essential How-To Guide for the Engineering Jedi, by Jack Daw read by Sam Gabriel, based on the works of George Lucas. Chapter 8 And though I find there's much to fear. Veers wasn't panicking. He wasn't. But damn if it wasn't a near thing. Presentation day. The day on which the Suta project would finally formally begin, and the day he'd actually been rather looking forward to, and yet he couldn't give less of a damn at the moment if he'd tried, even as he stood ready with the other officers in the appointed spaces of the antechambers waiting for the time in which the Senate session would pause to allow Lars to start the first of two presentations that would kick it all off. It had been three days since Zev came back from his meeting with Lars, hours late and unexpectedly tired and drained. He hadn't even had to ask what had happened before he'd been informed that not only were Zev and Lars fast friends now, not only had he been hired by the lad as his secretary, no, he'd also already had his job interview with Lord Vader of all people and apparently hashed out a very agreeable contract. A contract which he'd brought back alongside a three-day deadline in which he could still reconsider his acceptance before his hiring was considered final. After that, the process of fast-tracking his son's graduation from the Imperial Academy would begin as facilitated by virtue of the fact that Lord Vader would be personally requesting it, a deadline which had expired this morning. His son had signed the contract barely a scant few hours earlier, and had been welcomed aboard by both an exuberant Lars and a surprisingly even-tempered Lord Vader. Force, if he didn't know any better, he would have said that the Dark Lord had seemed unaccountably pleased with the fact that his son had accepted the position— but that was a thought that held so many potentially horrific implications that Veers decided to take a page out of Piet's book and promptly forget it. It wasn't like he could do anything about it. All of this meant exactly one thing to Veers, though. His son would soon enough be aboard the Lady, well within reach of Lord Vader and his infamous manner of dealing with subordinates who made the fatal mistake of earning his ire, and the no amount of rationalizing that his son would likely be one of the safest people aboard was going to soothe his anxious mind. Force, this is why he hoped the lad would take the comp force instead of the far riskier jobs he feared Zev would be drawn to if he truly followed through with his dangerous talk. The ISB might occasionally check within the ranks of their sister organization, but they watched every twitch of even the most minor politicians. Zev would last a day if he couldn't keep his tongue in check. Now he might last even less time than that. He breathed deeply and attempted to calm himself. No, he was overreacting, or at least he had to believe he was. Zev had managed to wrangle himself the position of Lars's secretary, and he knew damn well that would effectively make his son an extension of Lars in the eyes of nearly everyone else. With a bit of luck, that included Lord Vader, as well as the miraculous protection the boy seemed to have from him. It would be fine. And if Veers repeated that statement often enough, he might just start to believe it. There was nothing to be done about it anyway. He'd been unable to dissuade his son, and the contract had already been signed. Now all that was left was to stand in the antechamber and wait for their cue while the minutes slowly ticked away. "'Worried about your son?' a mild voice sounded from his side. Glancing at the point of origin, Veers was damn glad to see the ever-impassive face of Piet. "'That obvious?' he asked the other man with a grimace. Piers hummed quietly as he pursed his lips, dipping his head into a subtle nod. "'Quite.' "'Damn. Well, considering the reasons—' "'Pretty sure I'm more than justified this time, Thomas,' he replied darkly. "'The boy's gone and done it now.' 
I rather doubt that, actually, Piet countered mildly while he pulled out his own calm, checking the chrono. As far as I can see, Zephylon's executed a master stroke of a plan. What? You're going to have to explain that one, Thermos, he growled lowly, because all I can see is that my boy has gone and placed himself within strangling distance from someone exceedingly likely to actually do it. Obviously you would, Piet agreed easily, keeping an eye on his surroundings. You're his father. I hardly expected you to see the situation clearly. But if you were to actually stop, observe, and think for a moment, Max, I think you'll see exactly what I mean. Regardless of what appearances might be, I firmly believe that Zevulon is perfectly safe. You know as well as I do that perfectly safe and the lady in the same sentence are an oxymoron and they're said sarcastically, Firmus, he countered flatly. As safe as anyone directly under Lars's protection could be, then, Piet conceded. Something you would see, too, if you'd actually seen how Lars conducted himself around your son, Max, he said with a subtle gesture towards the entrance of the Grand Convocation Chamber proper, where Lars, Lord Vader, and, to his blunt precious eternal dismay, his son were waiting for the moment that the first repulsor pod would grant them access to the Senate floor and its attention. Zev wouldn't be joining them as far as he knew, but the boy and Lars have been attached at the hip ever since this morning, with Zev near constantly providing whispered commentary for Lars. Look, Piet said, actually look at their body language. Whatever happened between Zevidon and Lars, clearly some sort of agreement was worked out, as far as I can tell, and despite the fact that Zevilon stands nearly a head taller than Lars, Lars is the one extending his protection, not the other way around, the man muttered as he tilted his head. The ears blinked at that statement before rapidly glancing back towards where Lars and Zev were once again whispering to each other conspiratorially. For a moment, all he could see was that his son was standing altogether far too close to Lord Vader for him to be comfortable with, without himself there too to act as a buffer. But then he tried to let go of the simmering uneasiness in the pit of his stomach that could easily blow into full panic if he let it, and actually analyzed the scene in front of him like he would a battle. The first thing he noticed was that Zev had positioned Lars squarely between himself and Lord Vader. The second was that Lars appeared not only to be fine with that, but also made moves to actively keep it that way. While he was chatting with Lord Vader, he consistently turned his body in a manner that was all but a shield for Zev, drawing attention to himself with quick gestures and talking while Zev all but melted away from perception behind him. And it was all done with a practiced ease that could have only come from... He's done this before, he noted quietly. Yes, Piet agreed. I believe so, too. And he's rather skilled at it, too. I find I'm having a hard time consistently focusing my attention on Zephylon, despite the fact that I'm making something of an attempt to do so. Yes, Veers noticed that, too. Now that his worry and admittedly frantic need to keep an eye on Zev had been somewhat soothed, he was finding it hard not to get drawn into watching Lars animatedly discuss something with Lord Vader while Zev quietly stood by his side. Whatever tricks Lars was pulling, they were both effective and deliberate in keeping his son in cover. He shook his head as the realization dawned. He's protecting him, Piet offered, a note of amusement creeping into his usually placid voice. Glad you finally caught up with the program, Max. Oh, shut up, he grumbled back half-heartedly, feeling far too relieved at the new information to really put his back into their customary banter. You get yourself a son and see how calm you are when they're standing right next to Lord Vader without you. I believe I will pass up on that opportunity, thank you, Piet replied primly. My interests lie elsewhere, Veer snorted. Yeah, like being a secret adrenaline junkie who deliberately allowed himself to get brought aboard the ship with the single highest officer turnover rate, he muttered lowly. Piet shot him a bland look, 
only betrayed by the spark in his eyes that could classify his current expression as downright mischievous. "'I can neither confirm nor deny that accusation,' he said, sounding about as dry as the dust ball they'd picked Lars up from. "'Sure you can't,' Veers agreed easily. As he kept his eye on the three people in front of him, Piet might deny it all he wanted, but for all that the man had as healthy a fear of Lord Vader as anyone else, Veers also suspected that no one aboard could have the number of assignments directly under Lord Vader that Piet did, unless they deliberately allowed it to happen. Shaking his head, he put the questionable choices of the captain aside in favor of continuing his analysis of this newly discovered and highly welcome information. In any other circumstance, he would have been of the opinion that no matter whose protection Zev had managed to find himself under, it still wouldn't be any kind of effective deterrent to Lord Vader. Captain, General, Admiral, it hardly made a difference in the face of Lord Vader as he treated them all the same, as his subordinates. But Lars, Lars was in a category all his own, practically untouchable to anyone who had any kind of sense and didn't want to piss off both an entire contingent of stormtroopers and the Dark Lord that led them. With his protection, Veers could almost believe Zev might make it. He just hoped that the boy knew what he was doing. A thunderous sound shook him out of his reverie, and with a start he realized it was the sound of applause reverberating throughout the adjacent Grand Convocation Chamber, signaling the change of speaker. It was time, then. And just as he expected, Zev stepped away from Lars's side with a quick gesture and nod, the doors of the antechamber swinging open not even moments later to reveal a waiting repulsor pod. While Zev, to some of his residual relief, hurried back to his side, Lord Vader and Lars both entered the waiting pod, Lars fiddling with an odd spherical object that he'd seemingly pulled out from nowhere. The pod detached from the dock, and slowly floated down to the central podium, where the Grand Vizier would make an address to preface Lars's presentation, but before Veers could begin to pay any significant attention towards the words beginning to echo throughout the chamber, a second repulsor pod docked to their antechamber one he was expected to board, alongside his son, Piet, some of the other high-ranked officers, and, unfortunately, Ozel. Casting a distasteful look towards where said poor excuse of an admiral was strutting over towards the central seat of the pod, highly confident in his own importance, Veer steered himself and Zev towards one of the tripled-up seats along the sides. They had hardly taken their place before the pod abruptly trembled as the undocking procedure swiftly took place and soon they were gliding along invisible magnetic tracks towards their assigned altitude, while another pod took their place to pick up the rest of the officers. Well, Zeb muttered softly, the echoing words of welcome the Grand Vizier spoke towards both Lord Vader and the representative of the Suda Project. Veers nearly rolled his eyes at that one. With the amount of work the lad had done, Lars practically was the Suda Project, drowning out his own until he was certain that he was the only one who could actually hear his son. This ought to be interesting. In what way? he murmured back. You and Lars have been acting awfully conspiratorial this morning. Zev shot him a mischievous grin. Let's just say that Luke has a flair for the dramatic, he answered back, and that this presentation is likely going to take a form a bit different than what everyone here is used to. Oh, no. Well, that doesn't sound good, he muttered under his breath, causing Zev to snicker. Relax, Dad he said, turning back towards where the speaker had just finished his address and yielded the floor to both Lord Vader and Lars. Lord Vader personally approved this idea. Somehow that didn't fill him with the usual confidence that statement would give. But then the repulsor pod that had the eyes of the galaxy on it did something unexpected. It jerked, shook, and suddenly it was floating in a manner that indicated it had somehow gotten free of any magnetic tracks as it drifted into place right above the central podium. Oh, no. He watched, transfixed, 
as Lord Vader took up position at the back of the pod, while Lars took center stage with a wide, beaming smile that felt disarming even as he sat dozens of meters away. Senators of the Empire, the young engineer addressed the chamber at large. I thank you for your attention and apologize for the somewhat odd positioning of the pod that was assigned to me, however, I assure you that it's for a perfectly legitimate reason. It better be, Piet muttered off to his other side. Breaching protocol and even procedure like that in a Senate session is inexcusable otherwise. He could be punished with a lifelong ban. Ah, shit, the ears thought to himself. That'd put one hell of a damper on everything now, wouldn't it? You see, Lars continued, either blissfully unaware or utterly uncaring of the potential consequences of this whole stunt he just pulled, due to the nature of the project I'm about to talk about and the fact that a single hollow can speak a thousand words, I've decided to go for a somewhat unusual form of presentation, one that unfortunately required a bit of adjustment to my pod's positioning. Namely, it's one, he said as he extended his arm outwards, clearly displaying the strange spherical object he'd been fiddling with. A single tap from Lars upon some unseen switch on the object filled the room with a soft, high-pitched hum as the device activated, floating up out of Lars's hand. The Grand Convocation Chamber was bathed in a bright blue light as the sphere separated into countless segments that shot off like bolts to surround the pod Lars was standing in in a perfect circle. Each shot out a bright laser of light directly towards the ceiling before angling downwards until all beams crossed each other in a conical shape. The laser disappeared as soon as the beams crossed, and instead a bright hologram flickered into existence right over Lars's head, displaying a very familiar insignia in bright blue. Hovering in the center of the Grand Convocation Chamber was a slowly spinning, five-story tall, crystal-clear holographic rendition of the Engineering Corps' insignia, with the words Suta Project displayed under it. Well then, Veers thought faintly, come hell or high water, this would be a day gossiped about for years to come amongst the political circles. Of my own making, Lars finished with a sharp grin. And just like that, Veers knew that the lad had the entire Galactic Senate spellbound. Senators of the Empire, Lars addressed with a bow, his voice echoing through the chamber. I stand here before you to present the fruits of a massive undertaking, an undertaking with the goal of improving the fate of the Empire's troops across the galaxy by giving their armor hardware a drastically needed upgrade. With a new and improved design, it will hopefully save the lives of many loyal troopers who would have otherwise been a tragic end. Therefore, he said as he raised a hand toward the hologram still slowly spinning above him, it is my great pleasure and honor to present to you the Suda Project. With that final exclamation, the hologram burst into action, and to thunderous applause, the engineering corps insignia shrunk and spun down until it was floating horizontally just above the pod Lars and Lord Vader were standing in. The letters announcing the Suda Project followed suit, spinning in a slow circle under it, duplicating themselves until the entire insignia podium rested on a slowly rotating support of letters. And finally, in a flash of sparks and light that wouldn't look out of place in a pyrotechnics display, a massive projection of the now oh-so-familiar armor took its place upon the makeshift holographic podium, standing tall and proud as the applause swelled with the occasional cheer at the spectacle Lars had delivered. Veers found himself clapping along just as hard, even as he shook his head at the lad's antics. Oh yeah, whatever happened after this, the Suda Project would be the talk of the town for a long time to come, and remembered even longer. Yes! Zev cheered next to him, clapping just as hard, which was a feat considering he was also holding up his comm to record the veritable laser light show taking place. Nicely done, Luke! You knew about this? he asked with some amusement. Zev flashed him a cheeky grin. He may or may not have shown me the projector yesterday, Zev admitted, and what it could do. He said that he'd been watching some Senate sessions on the Holonet, and he thought that the Senators might, 
his mouth broadened into an even wider grin, appreciate something a bit different than the usual fare. A bit more interesting, too, seeing as he knows it's somewhat hard to be interested in the technical jargon used in these presentations when you don't already understand what's going on, and apparently the senators have very thoroughly demonstrated to him this last week that they indeed have no idea of what's going on. Veer snorted at that. Somehow he could perfectly see a dull-eyed Lars sitting through countless bone-dry meetings and senate sessions and promptly deciding that he was going to have no part of that, thank you very much, even if he had decided on the single most dramatic way possible of spicing up a boring senate session. Speaking of which, he turns to Piet, who is clapping right along with the rest of them. I think this is a good enough reason to excuse the earlier breach in protocol, he asked quietly, just loud enough to be heard over the roar of applause. Piet pressed his lips into a stiff line, but even Veers could see that he did it to hide a smile. I would say so, he answered stiffly. I doubt any but the most prudish of senators would object to this kind of entertainment, not to mention that I doubt there are protocols in place to regulate a holographic light show of these proportions, he noted dryly. No shit, Veers mumbled under his breath as he glanced back to the sheer spectacle Lars had managed to cobble together in about a week's time. The applause slowly started to quiet down as Lars made a gesture for silence, grin clear in his face. Thank you truly for allowing me this chance, Lars spoke with the utmost sincerity. Now then, let me showcase to you some of the armor's main capabilities, starting with, of course, the armor plating itself. On cue, the armor plating depicted in the hologram detached itself from the main frame, Arranging itself into a loose geometrical pattern, it slowly began to spin around the great chamber, giving a good view to every senator regardless of location or latitude relative to Lars's pod, as he began his explanation of its capabilities with that signature ease and good humor. Now I understand that while it is a disappointment to see the old suits go, who doesn't love the clanking sound they make, Lars quipped glibly, and sweet force, he actually got some laughs from the uptight senate. But there are good points to be found in this new design, despite the retirement of the early warning sound system, I assure you. Take, for example, the increased durability and toughness of the armor plate, of which there are several points in particular that I'd like to draw your attention. allowed Lars's voice to fade into the background for a moment, taking the time to survey the nearest pods to see them. He recognized a few of them, and not necessarily for the right reasons. He spotted the pods containing the Ryloth, Chandrala, and Alderaan delegations easily. The latter hovered only a level lower than them and a few pods over. Peering down, he saw it contained the ever-present Senator Organa and his daughter, as usual the former furiously conversing with the latter as they both sent periodic looks over to where Lars was giving his presentation. He pursed his lips as he considered what that could mean. On the one hand, Organa was one of the Emperor's staunchest supporters, even if he did have something of a reputation for taking pacifism to his extremes. On the other hand, Leia Organa was his daughter, and with that there was enough said. What those two could be talking about that made the elder Organa look about as pale as a sheet while his daughter rolled her eyes at him and gestured sharply to the center stage— he was rather curious to know. "'Not enjoying the show?' Seth whispered next to him, startling out of his musings. Glancing at his son and at the presentation in rapid succession, he leaned in. "'More like I was trying to gauge the reactions around us,' he muttered back. "'And I'm wondering just what about Lars at his presentation has the Alderaan delegation this fired up?' he said while jerking his chin over to the pod in question. Zev shot him a look before following his gesture to where Senator Organa was still being mercilessly subjected to a fierce lecture by his daughter. He narrowed his eyes as he watched an increasingly agitated Leia Organa fire off a rapid-paced speech of some kind to her befuddled father before something seemed to dawn on him. Much to Veers' confusion, his son's face slowly morphed into a gleeful smirk. "'Well, don't you look happy?' he commented idly. "'Care to share?' "'Now I might be wrong about this,' Zev started slowly as he kept an eye on the Alderani pod below them. But if I had to make an educated guess, 
I'd say that the princess has recognized Luke from the same thing I did, and is currently filling in her father unnecessary info about Luke. Recognized? Veers asked. From where? That got him an eye roll and a soft groan. From scrap hunting, Dad, Zev explained, with no small amount of exasperation coloring his voice. You know, the hollow channel I already told you about. No need to get snippy, Veers reprimanded as he racked his memory for the last time Zev had mentioned this scrap hunting. I'll get snippy when I have to repeat every newfangled thing to you twenty-two times before it sticks. Zev grumbled under his breath as he pulled the camera out of his comm to keep the video going, quickly muting the sound and pulling up a sight that showed the logo of a speeder outline racing past twin suns. Here, he said as he shoved the comm into Veers' hands, educate yourself for once and don't forget to turn on the subtitles if you're going to watch any videos. I'm going to continue watching the show in front of me. And with that, Zev turned back to where Lars was making a good bid for the evening headlines with his light show. Apparently done with his talk about the armor plating, the projections of the harbor in question rapidly spun back to the main projection of the armor in a tight spiral, slotting back into place on the main projection with flashes of light and the correct twist-sliding-click movements as if it were a real armor suit to thunderous applause. Lars beamed, his smile projected onto the large hollow screens dotted around the chamber, Dipping into a shallow bow, the lad gestured up sharply to the projection spinning slowly above his head. Thank you, but we're far from done. As many of you have heard, the Stormtrooper Corps is often on the receiving end of less than stellar remarks about their marksmanship, despite the extensive training these people undergo. With the new helmet and HUD battle modes, those kinds of remarks will hopefully soon belong to the past. The projected helmet of the armor rapidly enlarged as the main suit shrunk and faded away below it. Within the brilliantly glowing blue schematic of the helmet, several components suddenly began to pulse yellow. Several catastrophic glitches and malfunctions of its predecessor have been ratified in the suit, rendering the battle HUD functionally operational at last, Lars happily informed the chamber at large as the projection spun and dipped on his commands to the audible delight of some of the senators. In other words, he continued with a mischievous grin, stormtroopers now finally have access to this revolutionary concept called aiming. A tittering of laughter went up through the chamber, and Veers would have taken offense at the joke aimed at his troops if it weren't for the fact that it was one where they were finally being laughed with instead of at. Every trooper could appreciate a good jab at the downright shod that was the former battle HUD after all, especially since the one making the joke was the one finally doing something about it. Still grinning and shaking his head at the lad's antics, he tuned out the presentation in front of him for a moment to finally take a look through the net page Zev had pulled up for him, indeed called Scrap Hunting. The first thing he noticed was that the two top videos at the moment were called Tuning Up Your TIE Fighter to Prove You're Better Than the Bastard Currently Running the TIE Fighter Program for Fun and Profit and I Got a New Job, respectively, both of which had viewing numbers that were rapidly ticking up at the moment. He selected the first one that had, of all things, a crashed TIE Fighter in the thumbnail. Watching the video, it rapidly became clear that Lars's utter irreverence and disregard for Imperial design not his own was hardly a new development in the boy. Skipping rapidly through the several hours-long video, he somehow still managed to land on the boy making some sort of crass remark about the quality of the hardware he was working with regardless of where he skipped to, snorting softly when the lad made a comment about fucking lack of life support in a fucking snump fighter without even a fucking water reclaimer. He closed out the video tab. No wonder he'd gotten recruited, if this was his application. Tearing down well-established military hardware and proving you could do better with the material coming from a literal junkyard. He had to admit it, the lad had guts to take that risk. But he'd taken it, and the reward showed itself in that he was currently directing a light show of frankly ridiculous proportions, while the entire Galactic Senate hung on his every word, with Lord Vader, effectively, standing guard over him. An equally improbable outcome to an improbable resume, he supposed. You done with that? 
said Vastam out of the corner of his mouth, eyes never leaving center stage. It might be best to give it back anyway, his son followed up, sounding about as thoughtful as anyone could be while grinning like a tuca that got the cream with every flash and pulse of light. Never knew who might be watching, and appearing like you're disinterested in this while you're a main player in this project isn't likely to be a good look on you. Conceding that his son likely had a point in that, he handed the comm back to Zev while straightening himself in his chair. You might have been able to keep watching if you knew how to do so discreetly, Piet chimed in softly next to him, but then one of you ever learns to do something discreetly. He shot a half-hearted glare out of the corner of his eye while the captain, for all intents and purposes, appeared to be nothing less than completely engrossed with the spectacle in front of him. He nearly scoffed out loud. He definitely knew better than to believe that the man wasn't scanning everything in the chamber to a frightening level of detail. Definitely more of a pencil-pusher's skill, he agreed quietly, and how Piet could somehow feel like he was glaring at him while never so much as twitching a muscle, Veers both wanted and absolutely did not want to know. A pencil-pusher's skill that is invaluable in these kinds of situations, he fired back in a hushed whisper, which you would know if you ever engaged in any of them. Why would I? he whispered back, entering that viper pit you call a home of my own free will. Now, thank you. I have this thing called self-preservation, and it keeps me both safe and happily far away from this minefield. A minefield that's suspiciously devoid of mines, if my survival is anything to go by, Pierre retorted in a whisper. Perhaps it's just you, Max. He actually snorted out loud at that. No, he denied with a faux thoughtful air. I am close to completely certain that it's you, Firmus. No one else would be mad enough to voluntarily go through with it for the sheer hell of it. Whatever Piet's retort would have been, it got drowned out by another round of applause as the helmet re-shrunk to its original size and the rest of the armor came back into view. Deciding to take his son's advice to heart, he refocused on the spectacle in front of him. Lars was currently busy blowing everyone's minds with a highly coordinated display of the suit of armor performing several drills like it was being worn by a trooper, the integrated exoskeleton lighting up throughout the suit in waves with each jump, dash, and vault over simulated obstacles. Honestly, you would think the lad was auditioning for one of those fancy hollow circuses with the light show he was putting on, instead of giving a presentation on military hardware to the Senate. He grinned as the armor fluidly began to move through one of several katas taunt to the strike force troops. A small shockwave ripple of light erupting every time the armor struck something. Oh yeah, now the boy was just showing off. The explanation of how the exoskeleton and armored body glove worked washed over him, the info being given to the Senate a somewhat watered-down version of the file he'd been given that he knew nearly by heart now, life support systems, visors, all-terrain boots and gauntlets, emphasis on the all part, how the lad had managed to combine the features for both rock climbing and swimming. Veers was still at a loss over, and he'd seen the schematics. Lars showcased it all with a flair of showmanship you'd usually only expect from a ringmaster. Though as he thought back to his earlier comparison of the presentation in a hollow circus, maybe that wasn't too far off. Perhaps it was even what Lars had been planning all along he thought as the armor came to a halt and parade rest and gave a short dip of its helmet to the enraptured audience, as if acknowledging their well-deserved awe. And damn if that didn't show that the lad was absolutely aware of what he was doing, nothing did. "'Insolent whelp!' muttered an unpleasant voice that grated on his nerves. Ah, he wasn't the only one who'd noticed then. How wonderful. Casting a disdainful look over to where Ozel sat, he noticed that the man was looking about as pleased with the show Lars was putting on as a Mon Calamari would be in a desert, and just like that, he wished that Lars had had even more time to fine-tune this spectacle of his. "'How so, Admiral?' he asked, cold as ice, and willing the bastard to just shut up for once in his life, or at least to spare his comments until Lord Vader was back in earshot again. Ozel gave him a look that dripped of his superiority complex and all over Veers's good mood, staining it with a distinct feeling of annoyance and contempt. "'Come now, General,' he sneered. 
tone condescending enough that Veers had the vague thought even a newborn would be offended by it. Surely even you can comprehend the sheer mockery this boy is making of the armed forces, he asked while making a grand gesture to the armor projection that was currently illustrating Lars's speech on its capabilities of enhancing its wearer by keeping a weight aloft while a scale ticked up the increase of pressure beside it. Veers blinked at the display, glanced back at Ozel, glanced back at the display again where the armor was currently maxing out at keeping a cool six hundred kilos above its head in a sheer deadlift to the audible awe of the Senate, before giving a final look at Ozel. Are you serious? is all he could find in himself to say. This is a mockery. Ozel glanced back at the projected armor and his expression immediately soured when he realized all it was currently demonstrating was exactly why there were over seventy million credits in collective bounties on Lars's head from various different factions. Credit where credit was due, the man recovered quickly enough that if Veers hadn't been specifically watching and waiting for him to slip up, he wouldn't have noticed it. But of course, Ozel continued in the self-same haughty tone that only held a hint of underlying bitterness, look at this crude spectacle. He's making the military out to be vulgar entertainment hardly fit for the common masses, let alone the Galactic Senate. A polite cough from Piet next to him was all the warning there was before the man chimed into the conversation. You'll have to forgive me, sir. I hardly believe a personalized and somewhat unconventional presentation on the capabilities of a piece of military hardware can be called a mockery, he retorted stiffly. Besides, he continued, it hardly seems like the Senate has any objections, sir. Veer stifled his laughter as Piet offered the silently enraged face of his superior nothing but a pleasantly bland smile. If Ozel thought that the attempted intimidation he was making would work on Piet, the man who rarely even cracked under Lord Vader, he had another thing coming. Something Ozel evidently realized as well when he began to swell up like a puffer pig from sheer indignation. Well, he began, probably attempting for an icy tone but unable to mask the way his voice shook with offense, that's hardly a surprise to me, Captain. I wouldn't expect an Outer Rim pirate hunter to grasp the intricacies at play here. Oh, he went there. Veers immediately glanced back at his friends to see how his face had gone perfectly blank and still, the only thing betraying any underlying emotions being the dangerous glint of steel that had entered his eyes. No, Piet replied quietly, face a mask as calm as the surface of a lake. I don't suppose you would, sir. Holy fucking shit. Veers glanced back at Ozel from the corner of his eye and watched with barely suppressed glee as the hidden barb sharper than any knife flew straight over the pompous windbag's head. Indeed not, Ozel sniffed with a self-satisfied air of superiority, utterly oblivious of how thoroughly he'd just been undermined. And neither do I expect Lars to understand it. But how Lord Vader could just stand by and let this brazen disregard for convention stand I will never understand. No, Veers echoed gleefully in his head. I don't suppose you would. Perhaps he has some sort of deeper understanding of the situation here, he offered, barely keeping a smirk off his face as Piet shot him a look that was downright approving. He could hardly believe it when Ozel scoffed derisively. Couldn't be that easy. Oh, please, General Veers. I realize that to you Lord Vader must seem like a genius, but he's nothing more than a brute and a blunt instrument, the favorite pet of his majesty because he learned a particularly interesting trick. I hardly think he's even aware of what he is doing half the time. Never mind what anyone else does. It was. was that easy. Sweet Forrest, how was this idiot still alive? I can see how you would think that, sir, Piet agreed blandly. And now Veers really did have to bite his tongue to prevent himself from laughing. But surely the fact that the Senate hardly seems bothered by Engineer Lars's presentation means something. Only that they understand the basic concept of keeping up appearances, Captain. Alza dismissed with an imperious wave. It would hardly be befitting of their station to make a scene, after all. Something that the Engineer hardly seems to recognize. 
I suppose being openly disrespectful of one's direct superior would be something to avoid, Veers agreed while casting a meaningful look at Piet, who was busy looking picturesquely innocent. Glad you understand, General, Arzel told him in a voice that didn't even try to disguise the mocking tone to his approval. I believe you will find that the General understands far more than he lets on, sir, Piet informed his commanding officer mildly. Arzel cast a glance at him, and Veers made it a point to keep his face as straight as possible while the other man poorly hid a sneer of disgust. I'm sure he does, was the patronizing answer. Forced did he despise this man. When was this presentation over again so that Lord Vader would be back in earshot? As if on cue a deafening roar of applause thundered throughout the Grand Convocation Chamber, snapping his eyes over to the central stage. He watched as Luke dipped into a sweeping bow while the armor projection snapped off a sharp salute, bursting into a shower of light particles and fractals that reshaped themselves into the suit of Project Logo, pulsing brightly above the boy's head. And with that, Senators of the Galaxy, Lars's voice echoed through the cavernous room, I would like to thank you for lending me your ears and time today to allow for this presentation. The Suda Project is far from done and only just beginning, but with today as its official starting point, I hope we can mark it as the day that another step was made to make the dangerous and oftentimes lethal job of a trooper much less perilous. And perhaps with a bit of luck, it will save more lives in the future as well. Thank you. With that last exclamation, applause once more roared throughout the chamber as the Suda Project logo winked out while the individual projections spun back into Lars's outstretched and open palm, reassembling themselves back into a sphere with one final, brilliant flash of light. Clapping as hard as anyone else, Veers watched as Lars's repulsor pod shook and presumably got reinstated on the magnetic rails, judging by the fact that it was no longer ominously hovering freely, but serenely gliding back towards their original dock. No sooner had Lord Vader and Lars exited their pod, when the pod Veers found himself in also began its slow glide back towards the antechambers. By the time they docked themselves, they were just in time to see Lord Vader drop his hand from Lars's shoulder as the boy beamed up at him with that signature sunshine smile that was as infectious as anything, clearly having just gotten some rare but much-deserved praise from Lord Vader for what Veers thought was an excellent performance. Finding himself grinning as well, Veers almost noticed it too late when Ozzel's expression darkened to something resembling a particularly sour-looking thundercloud. Watching as the Admiral stormed out of their pod like an enraged bantha, he idly wondered if the man would finally be dim-witted enough and do something to earn Lord Vader's ire in a manner not even Lars could soothe. Unfortunately, the Admiral stormed right past the matched duo with a wide berth, not even looking in their direction for a moment, aside from shooting a single vicious glare their way that both thankfully seemed to miss. Getting out of the pod at a much more leisurely pace, he noticed Zev grinning ear to ear out of the corner of his eye. Is something amusing? he asked his son quietly. Aside from you and the captain tearing that arsehole a new one without him even realizing it to the backdrop of a massive light show in the Senate, Zev responded lightly with a slightly manic grin, before adopting a thoughtful look. Not much, not much. Though I do recall someone giving the advice at some point in time not to make any enemies we can't afford. That's the oddest thing, I swear. He tousled his son's hair until the lad ducked out from under his hand with a glare only ruined by his wide grin. Oh, hush you he told Zev. It's not like he realized it for even a second. He really didn't, Piet having appeared there in that slightly eerie fashion as he was wont to do. In fact, I doubt he even realized everything he just said is going to backfire on him in a most spectacular fashion. Oh? How so? Fierce asked. Piet gave him a smile that had something vaguely shark-like about it, despite his friend's mild-mannered demeanor. Perhaps you should ask your son, as I'm sure he can explain it better than I can. But I have the feeling that the moment Lars's presentation goes live on the holonet, 
a significant increase in interest for the suitor project will manifest itself, roundly disproving the claims of the Admiral that the presentation would make a mockery of the project. Snapping his gaze over to his son, he saw how Zeb's eyes widened until they were approximately the size of tea saucers. Son? he asked tentatively. Holy fucking shit, Zeb muttered out as he stared into the middle distance. It's gonna go viral. It's gonna go absolutely viral and spawn at least three million memes. How did I not see that coming? What? he asked. But Zev was already scrolling along the display of his calm and a fever pitch. No time to explain, he snapped out. Force, what's the fucking hashtag on this? Does it even have a hashtag yet? And where's the force be damned official Senate page on here? He muttered as he furiously typed away. Veer's shot Piet a questioning look as he mouthed the word meme at him, only to receive a baffled shake of his head in return. Zeb muttered away to himself as he flipped through the various net pages on his comm before making a triumphant sound. Aha! he exclaimed as he held up his comm. I knew it! Knew what? Veers asked, feeling roundly caught out of the loop and a bit like a broken record. Knew that it would go viral in ten minutes flat, Zev answered with an air of satisfaction. And it is. The hashtags, Suter Project, Galaxy's Greatest Show, a concept called Aiming, Tall Vader, Small Vader, and Luke Lars are already trending, and the scrap hunting hashtag is alive again for the first time in months. And this is a good thing? Veers asked dubiously as Zev continued to scroll through his feed at a speed that frankly had Veers wondering how he could read anything at all. Uh, yeah? Zev said, tone indicating that it should be obvious, at least if you get in the narrative quickly enough and control it. Otherwise you might get things like... He cut himself off in mid-sentence as he stared at his screen with an expression that Veers could almost describe as constipated. At the risk of really becoming a broken record, he decided to ask anyway. Like? Zev sighed loudly as he pinched the bridge of his nose. Like this, he said as he held up his comm screen for him to see. He squinted as he looked closer at what was being displayed on the little screen. A candid still of Lars holding up the projector just as it was emitting a bright blue flash, giving the appearance that the lad was just holding sheer light, and a caption that read, Oh. Oh no. Piet leant in over his shoulder and pressed his lips into a thin, disapproving line when he saw what was written there. TFW, you give a presentation so epic it makes Darth Vader look like a rando NPC next to you. He sounded out in a voice as dry and filled with disappointment as a military ration, capped with a hashtag reading, NPC Vader. He sighed deeply. Oh dear. Yeah, Zev agreed, sounding just as dry. Oh dear, indeed. I know at least three dozen different people back at Compnor that are going to be up in a fuss about this. He sighed as he ran a hand through his hair, looking back at the screen and glancing over to where Lord Vader was still conversing with Lars. I suggest, he began slowly, lowering his voice significantly, that we let this be someone else's problem and not call any attention to it. As good an idea as any in Veers' opinion. The Force knew he didn't want to deal with this. Agreed. Piet hummed and nodded stiffly in agreement. And anyway, Zev continued, there's much more going on either way, but for the most part it's rapidly blowing up like there's no tomorrow. People are talking about the Suter project, and I don't think we could make them stop even if we tried. And we might not even want to if we could, Veers filled in what his son was saying as the bigger picture came into view like a strategy map. Right, Zev agreed. This could be either really good or really bad. And I take it there's no way of knowing which it'll be, Piet cut in dryly. Zev shrugged as he continued scrolling through his feed. Unless we somehow manage to permanently link this with Tuka kits or something else equally unambiguously adorable, not really. 
Zev stopped as he got a strange look in his eyes that veers unequivocally associated with trouble. Actually, he said slowly as he glanced over at Lars, I might have an idea. Oh, no. Zev, Veers began lowly, what are you planning? Shh. Zev hushed him sharply as he rapidly began typing away. Quality memes take concentrated madness. He blinked. What? He never did get his answer, though, as not even a second later he was prodded sharply in the side by Piet. Max, the captain hissed in his ear as he kept his gaze trained steadily on a point somewhere past his shoulder. Over there. Turning around, he immediately caught the telltale flash of crimson that marked the presence of the Red Guard, the Emperor's most trusted forces and feared even amongst the army for the sheer fanatical devotion they held towards His Majesty that drove them to be willing to do damn near anything in the Emperor's name. And the guards were heading straight for Lord Vader and Lars. Glancing back at Piet, he subtly jerked his head over to where the duel was located, receiving a look of steely determination and a nod back. Slowly ambling over to attract as little attention to themselves as possible, they got within earshot just as one of the guards split off and reached their intended marks. Lord Vader! They heard the vocoder greeting spill out from under the unsettling mask as the Red Guard lowered into a bow. Head Engineer Lars, we have come to inform you of an urgent matter. State your purpose, Lord Vader rumbled lowly as he stepped towards the guard and veered noted vaguely in front of Lars in a manner that would almost be shielding if it had been intentional in any way. The Red Guard straightened up and turned their blank visor upon Lars, who must have been half-hidden behind Lord Vader's bulk from that angle. We are to escort Head Engineer Lars back to the Imperial Palace. His illustrious Majesty has asked for Head Engineer Lars's presence. He witnessed the presentation delivered to the Galactic Senate and was most impressed. He wishes to converse with Head Engineer Lars in person. We depart now came the near-mechanical answer that sent shivers down Veers' spine. For all that the Red Guard were one hundred percent organic, you wouldn't be able to tell from the way they conducted themselves. Lord Vader froze at those words, and the sudden drop in temperature in the antechambers did nothing to alleviate Veers' shivering. I see, the vocoder rumbled out, and for a second Veers swore it hitched. Very well, we depart now. Engineer Lars with me. Lars shot a concerned look at Lord Vader, but offered no protest as he took up his near-customary position at Lord Vader's right side. Yes, my lord. You will accompany him, came the not-quite-surprised inquiry from the Red Guard. We depart now, was the growled answer, to which the Guard offered no protest as they simply bowed once more before melting back into formation with their fellows. The seven troopers assigned to Lars received no signal to join, but they hardly needed one as they took up formation around the Lord and Engineer. The whole procession marched out of the antechambers at a brisk pace, leaving the rest of them behind in various degrees of baffled silence. Did that just happen? Zeph asked as he appeared at his side. Did Luke really just get summoned for an audience with the Emperor? Apparently, Fierce answered, still feeling rather flabbergasted himself at the event that had just transpired almost too quick to really register. An audience with the Emperor? Piet mused out loud, something odd in his voice. That is quite the honor. Yeah, Fierce agreed. It is. And it was. His Majesty was notorious for being practically a recluse ever since he received extensive and debilitating injuries from the assassination attempt by the Jedi all those years ago. To be allowed an audience, let alone be summoned for one, was an honor that people could and would kill for if they thought it would get them even a smidge closer to achieving it. Hells, many a high-ranking officer could only dream of being granted access to his majesty. Veers certainly had never met the man in whose name he fought, and he honestly never expected to. 
that Lars would be summoned out of the blue like this due to his majesty being impressed of all things, was just testament to the kind of easy miracle work the lad did on a daily basis. It was an honor, it truly was. But why did he suddenly feel like the ground had opened up underneath all of them, just waiting to swallow all of them whole? The text of this story is available on AO3. Theme music written by Jack Donkadai, Sputnik, and Sam Gabriel. If you would like to commission me to record a story, voiceover, or character, please get in touch with me using the contact information on my website, which is located at samgabrielvo.com. And there you can find other stories that I've read, as well as links to my Patreon page, to which I hope you will consider subscribing to support me, and my Discord server, where I record things live for your enjoyment. And finally, as always, thank you for listening.